0: for Eichel. He shoots and scores! Off the bar it is! Tie game! Jack Eichel! Power play goal!
1: Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio and live at LVSportsNetwork.com.
0: Stone sets up Eichel across the line. Left wing Barbershop. Stone in front shot. Score on the rebound! First try got stopped. Second time gets through.
1: This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your home for access with the team, exclusive player
0: interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace.
1: Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, Chris Chapman. Live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports, Las Vegas Studios, Finley Chevrolet on the 215 of the...
0: Woo!
1: Oh, boy. We lost Darren Millard. Doesn't appear that uh, we are able to hear Darren Millard. Skippy didn't well, connect there it is. me in time. There it is. What, it didn't connect you in time? No, I, I missed your whole intro.
0: Oh, wow. I, there, was, there was no connection. It was just silence. I was about uh, just pulling up my phone to text you guys to say i'm not hearing anything over here oh boy so, so skippy didn't have me connected in time well Loot we were me in. we were having a conversation and i had to keep you in the program that cuts off the audio and it we're was off time to, to good, go we're yeah. off to a good start guys it's 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 a great start we are going to revisit the uh levels Conversation that we had yesterday between uh, one-timers and the music in the music bed and uh, on our voices and how that came about and and Chapman's challenges uh, with the board. That's going to be in hour number two. We've got uh, one-timers' news and notes from around the National Hockey League as we dissect uh, some of the results last night. There's a suspension that has just uh, come down from the National Hockey League involving the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, we will dive into uh, some of that in just a little bit. Uh, Sam and Asher coming back. Uh, glad to have the Legal Minute. Uh, back on the VGK Insider Show. So uh, we will uh, peruse uh, what they've been up to uh, since we last talked to them, and also uh, just uh, peel back some of the layers as far as the impact of uh, what's going on with the uh, situation in Canada and the uh, London Police Service investigating and charging five former National Hockey League players uh, with sexual assault and uh, where the National Hockey League fits as far as uh, those players participating in the National Hockey League while they're facing these charges uh, before they go to uh, the uh, the court uh, and uh and face those charges in a in government court Uh, but off the top uh, let's get into the result last night and history has been stayed thanks to a big rally by the vegas golden knights and stopping the edmonton oilers at t-mobile arena 3-1 is your final three answer goals as the golden knights uh, stopped the oilers winning streak at 16 Mm. Uh, i called it the game of the year did it measure up to that in your mind
1: it was it was really good. It it fit the billing for me. I, I enjoyed the game immensely. I thought, you know, the first period was was really entertaining. Obviously, um, the Golden Knights had some good looks. The Edmonton Oilers, you get a, a two on zero shorthanded breakaway with Connor McDavid and Leon Drysital. Bad things tend to happen, but I liked the Golden Knights pushback. Uh, second period was was maybe the least least. Um, exciting period for me in the game but overall in totality, the 60 minutes it it was intense, it was where I thought it would be and I enjoyed the game it was awesome
0: what a, an environment. Uh, what a, yes. a, an absolute uh, stage uh, with uh, the different people that were on hand uh, because of the Super Bowl in town mm-hmm. this week and just uh, added uh, an extra level of intensity to the game. And then you, you add in what was at stake for the Edmonton Oilers and the the Golden Knights also trying to uh, push the Edmonton Oilers back a little bit. Uh, and it, it, uh, it was what you would expect it to be between two rivals. Uh, And it was a a hard, fun, fast game that had a little bit of everything, which also was led by the goaltending. The goaltending at both ends was spectacular.
1: Yeah, Aiden Hill was phenomenal. Stuart Skinner was really, really good. And, you know, I I give a lot of credit to the Oilers, like, in their own zone. It wasn't an easy game for the Golden Knights to kind of find offense. You had to work for everything, Uh, lots of block shots, lots of... Players kind of, you know, digging in in that regard in that way. Uh, but you're right on the money. Like Aiden Hill, Stuart Skinner, they put on an absolute show last night. And Aiden Hill, you know, as we talked about it, it doesn't seem like periods of inactivity bother him at all. He was at another level last night.
0: No, layoffs are actually a really good thing for him. And that's the one position where you would kind of think that you want to be in more of a rhythm mm-hmm. Uh Coming uh, off uh, into a, a marquee game like that, where you want a few touches going into it, and uh, and he seems to be able to just shrug that off and be able to play his game, and uh, he battled last night, and uh, the the that got by him on the 2-0. Oh, he actually made a great play on it. He, he was he was uh, calling himself out after the game uh, because uh, talking about being patient and maybe sh- should have uh, been a little bit more so on it. But uh, I thought uh, that he almost got uh, in the way of that too. But uh, there, was, there was different facets of the game. Uh, let's break it down. Let's walk through it. Uh, not a game rating just yet, but uh, just be able to dissect where Vegas was good, uh, where Vegas was fortunate, uh, where Vegas needs to be better. And uh, in uh, subsequent games against the Edmonton Oilers uh, and uh, just be able to uh, examine this thing uh, a little more detail than we normally would because it was such a high-profile game. Uh, Edmonton scores first. Uh, Edmonton uh, was the better team in the second period to Mm -hmm. really uh, grab control of things, and then Vegas was able to answer back in the third period. Uh, What do you think was the best part about the Golden Knights game last night?
1: Yeah, you know, to me, I I think it was probably their commitment to to trying to shut down the middle of the ice, right? Like, I think that for the Golden Knights, yeah, the Oilers had quite a bit in terms of volume with shots, specifically in the second period, but I, I don't think that there were... a a higher volume of of plays from the middle of the ice. I think the Golden Knights did a really good job of kind of getting to those secondary opportunities, uh, clearing rebounds if Aiden Hill had any rebounds there to be had. I think the Golden Knights did a good job of kind of collapsing around Aiden in that second period. And then it was timely plays, right? Like we've talked about, you know, this team finding ways to win or finding a big play or a big save. and, And I don't think that you can look at that any more clearly than on the game-winning goal from Chandler Stevenson, You had a brilliant save from Aiden Hill on Evander Kane, and less than a minute later, you go down the ice, you hold the puck down below the goal line, you get it out to an area, and Chandler Stevenson buries the game-winner.
0: Perseverance and goaltending is what allowed them to be in a position to win that game. Uh, goaltending kept them in the game, uh, in the second period in particular, and uh, there were some battling saves uh, by uh, Aiden Hill, and uh, some dives across. You don't see the dives across very often uh, anymore, and there were some contributions from their blue line. Uh, one in particular, uh, Alec Martinez got stuck out there for uh, two and a half minutes on a shift, talked to him about it today, and he said uh, he thought his legs were going to uh, fall off, and then said the, the one thing that he kept thinking about was, we, we can't end this shift with a goal against. He said, we got through it somehow, and, and was able to uh, dodge one in that situation and then you get into the perseverance where it took a while to find their game. It took a while to be able to uh, get into a rhythm of their game and that was where the the perseverance or not getting frustrated. Those two things kind of collide in my mind when I talk about uh, what the Golden Knights were able to accomplish last night. They didn't get down on themselves at all which is a great hallmark of this team in particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, not uh, not uh, getting sucked into that that vortex of frustration. And then in the third period uh, they were able to, to follow through on it and play a, a much more balanced game. So uh, uh, goaltending, perseverance, and then execution uh, in the end uh, was great. Uh, where do they need to get better? Where where do they have to improve if they want to be a more assertive team uh, in a head-to-head matchup against the Edmonton Oilers?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I think that, you know, we kind of talked about the second period and, and it was one of those periods that was heavily skewed to the Edmonton Oilers. They had the Golden Knights hemmed in uh, to the defensive zone for pretty much the entire period. There weren't enough pushes back from the Vegas Golden Knights playing in the offensive zone, uh, halting that type of momentum. So I think from there, like what you're looking for is there will be pockets in a game where the opposition has the better run of play, but you got to be able to stop the bleeding a little bit sooner than the Golden Knights did uh, in that second period. you got to push back there, and and I think if you're looking at it objectively over a seven-game series, you have to be able to kind of wrestle back momentum sooner than an intermission going into a third period.
0: It was very uh, profound what Bruce Cassidy said in the days leading up to that game yesterday. Hmm. They need to be better at managing the puck in this stretch drive where you force the other team to beat you, you don't beat yourself. Hmm. And puck management was an issue last night for the first two periods in particular, and a little bit in the third, which put themselves under some pressure by the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, it happened on the goal by Connor McDavid, where he make a turnover. And those, those two blue lines, they're there to make sure that uh, the puck goes in before the players, that you don't gain any type of uh, advantage. Uh, but they're also there to remind the players that you have to take really good, solid care of the puck In those two places, Uh, in your own zone, you don't want to commit a turnover crossing that blue line. And one of the worst places in the rink to turn over the puck is at the opposition's blue line, uh, on the offensive blue line. And they... They weren't as sharp in that area as Bruce Cassidy was hoping they would be last night. And it really did jump out at you at times in the first, more so in the second, where probably in the second period it was at their own blue line, just trying to to make plays and not being able to get themselves free of pressure mm-hmm. when they had opportunities and they they have to clean up that part of the game in particular uh, last uh, uh, from from last night and it was it was every lie uh, that uh, and I understand why players uh, fall into that trap they're trying to make plays and generate some offense and try to um, uh, at that point to try to, to pull back even and and get uh, get involved in in the game offensively. And if if you're not careful, especially against a team like that with with dangerous players, you you're you're going to get burned. And they they were able to get through it with minimal damage, mm-hmm. but that is the number one area uh, that. I would think that Bruce Cassidy would be looking to improve uh, going forward. The special teams, uh, power play in particular, uh, that uh, that will always be one of those that will be nagging at you, where you think you you, you could take advantage of uh, of, a, of a situation and make life easier on you for sure. But puck management is is one of those that uh, that should be ingrained and should be uh, trusted uh, on the players to be able to execute in a much more uh, safe uh, environment than it was last night.
1: Do you get the sense that that's the direction they're going to go? Like, I, it, they've yeah, at various times, players have talked about puck management being a mindset, right, of making sure that you're doing the right things, playing the right way, uh, in, in spite of the fact that, you know, maybe you're trying to make a player do a little bit too much. Do you get the sense that... That's going to be something they they dig into from a mindset perspective, oh,
0: guaranteed i I know for a fact that it was a constant conversation that was taking place during the game, not just before the game, not just reminded at the intermissions last night. It was a a running discussion from the coaches to the players. Shift after shift last night that you can't make plays, turning the puck over, and and it what it does is it causes needless time defending, which one drains energy, on top of two giving some of the world's best offensive players. Opportunities to put the puck in the net uh, when you're defending, uh, you're you're using all those um, uh, calories, that that energy level, uh, that uh, that effort, uh, trying to keep the puck out instead of uh, doing the same thing to the opposition. And what happened last night was a lot of the second period, uh, and the the goal in the first period that uh, that McDavid uh, scores, that's self-inflicted. Mm-hmm. That that's avoidable, and I that game could have been more balanced territorially, with better puck management, and uh, that uh, some of that I will chalk up to just coming out of the break, sure, and not being sharp, uh, and uh, that that that's a reality, and it's it is the same for both teams, but uh, we know that uh, at least Connor and Leon and stuff were are. are uh, uh, we're we're skating over over the break and and uh, we're involved in things, but also like that that's their game is capitalizing on opportunities like that, and that's what they were able to do not just on the goal but create chances uh, off turnovers and uh, and that's the the one area uh, that uh, that was frustrating uh, from the coaching staff's point of view last night was putting yourself in a bad spot. If Connor McDavid comes down the ice and, and does what he does and, and beats you, that, that's one of the best players in the game, if not yeah. the best player uh, in the National Hockey League, making a play and using that God given talent uh, to beat you. But if you make a turnover. And it ends up uh, pinning your your team in their own zone for two and a half minutes, and then those guys have nothing left, and the rotation's out of whack, and uh, and and you're just hanging on. That's avoidable, mm-hmm. and that's uh, that's the area that they will try to clean up uh, going forward. Uh, Against the Edmonton Oilers when they play them the one last time, but also uh, tomorrow night against the Arizona Coyotes, Monday against the Minnesota Wild, where where they just have to do a lot better, possessing uh, the puck and putting themselves in good positions or not putting themselves in poor positions. There's a there's a, a choice that players always have to make. You you get to that offensive blue line. And you're making a rush, and I'll use this uh, this example, not uh, not on the defensive side where you're hemmed in. Uh, you get to the blue line, you're you're in transition. It's a three-on-three three rush or or something equivalent to that, and you try to make a play, and the opposition stops it, and they go back on the rush, and then there's some some pressure in your own zone. Instead of trying to make that play, if it's not there, you put it behind the opposition's defense, you forecheck, you bang a little bit. Maybe you don't get possession right away, but at least uh, you make them go the full 200 feet instead of 135 feet where you're playing catch-up against it. And uh, that's more what what Bruce Cassidy uh, is talking about. Just an aside, and uh, we didn't plan it this way, but uh, Nightlife it, it comes out uh, this week. And Bruce Cassidy uh, will join me on, on the magazine show on Vegas 34. And uh, Bruce and I spent uh, 45 minutes one day, hmm. a couple of weeks ago, uh, on the ice together. Uh, and we were just talking about puck management. And it's it's a long conversation that we had, but we walked through different situations about uh, where you have to make decisions that are the best case for the team. And we talk about uh, your uh, own blue line, the middle of the ice in the neutral zone and the uh, other team's blue line and uh, what you have to do with the puck. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'm going to watch it back because it's, it's really timely. Watching what happened last night against an Euler team that feasts off that type of uh, uh, situation that can turn the puck up ice and, and really make you pay uh, and and just revisit what Bruce wants the players to do and and what really gets under his skin and what's acceptable. Uh, he did say there, there's some players where they have to be pushed to try and make plays because they're too safe all the time. Mm-hmm. They're in the minority. Uh, it's mostly the highly skilled players that are trying to do something uh, a little bit m- more than is available and and that uh, that's an area that, that that they'll need to just tighten up and I'll give them uh, somewhat of a, of a pass because it was the first game out of the break and I expected some rustiness uh, and, and the, the, because of the pace and everything that uh, the gear hitting the ground running at 160 miles an hour last night uh, but, uh, but I, I think that uh, that's going to be uh, or was certainly a large focus of, of their meeting today and, and some of the video that they would have been watching.
1: Yeah, and and to your point, it's not just an Oilers-specific thing that you want to pay attention to, right? Like you're talking about every single night is an opportunity. Every game between now and the end of the season is an opportunity for the Golden Knights to kind of tighten that area of the game up because, you know, not just last night against the Oilers, but there have been some games recently where the Golden Knights, specifically in the second period, have had issues kind of getting out of their own zone and, and getting kind of to their game in the offensive zone. And puck management has been a story there, and it's been something that they've been battling. I think throughout the entire season. So now's the time, as Bruce Cassidy kind of put it, right to to get your house in order to start building your game in the right direction in the right way. And puck management's going to have to be a, a big, big part of that. Puck management's boring. Well, yeah, that's it the is.
0: simplest way to it's, to say it. Puck management. Fun. If you're doing it right, it gets boring. Yeah and these are the best players in the world the 32 teams uh, in the national hockey league the best players in the world and they have skill whether you're on the first line the first power play or whether you're on the fourth line Uh, all of these players have incredible amounts of skill and to tell them to always just do the safe thing uh is is challenging now you you don't want them always to just dumb it down and you get to center ice and you just throw it in. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's opportunities to make plays, and, and Bruce Cassidy doesn't want you just throwing it in if you've got uh, just an advantage or you can see a, an, a lane uh, or a route uh, to, to get into the zone. He wants you to make those plays because he wants uh, wants to create offense. But if if the other team has closed that off and if you do turn that puck over right there and they have numbers going the other way it can cost you so if it's a boring not a boring game but uh if there's not a lot of odd man rushes or rushes against uh the Golden Knights that means that they're doing a really good job uh at at puck management, and uh, some of it uh, is just uh, circumstance, and, and it comes from play. And I'll, I'll point out, I don't know whether you remember in the second period last night, uh, Alec Martinez, they, they came into the zone, Vegas came into the zone, mm-hmm. they moved the puck around, and Alec Martinez looks for a tip uh, in the uh, far hash mark, say so okay. he was on the, on the left side uh, looking at the net, and he's looking at a player on the far hash marks for a little redirection. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the, the puck hops over a stick, and it goes off the corner boards and comes right out, and Connor McDavid fires it straight up the ice. And uh, Zach Hyman uh, w- was going, and Alec Martinez had to dive yeah. to break that play up. That, that's not a mistake, uh, that's not a puck management issue. You're trying to make a play. Uh, it 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 didn't click, and by the bounce off the boards and McDavid making a play like that, that's just like a hockey bounce. Sure. Uh, that that's just uh, a ramification of of it not clicking. But if you make a turnover at the far blue line and off they go and it's Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl out there at the end of the uh, penalty kill and there's a 2-1-0, that's puck management. Mm -hmm. And there's a couple more of those, not just with Dreisaitl and McDavid, that they'd like to uh, clean up. Now they got through it. And, and I was texting uh, with Jeff Sharples uh, back and forth uh, during that entire game, uh, which is what we do every game, and, and we were talking about how it had really swung in favor of Edmonton in the second period, but you, 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 go, to that, uh, you go to that break uh, after 40 minutes and things haven't gone your way. Mm-hmm. You only have to win one period, and you're good. And that's exactly what happened. They come out and they win one period. And they're, they're great uh, in being able to take control of the game and it works out for them. So the perseverance and the execution uh, was great. But they spent a little bit too much time in their own zone by their own uh, fashion of uh, lack of uh, execution that, uh, that made it harder on themselves than it needed to be.
1: Yeah, for sure, and and you know I, you know you're right in that they they've got to find maybe more consistency there, or at least have that throughout the entire game. But the fact of the matter is, as you mentioned, you give the Golden Knights an opportunity after 40 minutes to go out there, win a period, and win the game. I like their chances, and and they they did it in, in very much, you know, a similar way as to what we've seen early on this season for them. Like they will. They can make a, a big play when it comes to the defensive side of the puck. They can make a big play when it comes to the offensive side of the puck. Um, and having Aiden Hill back in the fold, like y- you just trust that that goaltending is going to hold up for you. And it was a big story in the third period too.
0: Aiden Hill won the game. Mm-hmm. Aiden Hill was the the first star of, of that game. Uh, he was the difference in being able to hold Edmonton at bay and I I make no apologies for that if you're going to beat the Edmonton Oilers there's a good chance I mean, how many times out of 10 you beat the Edmonton Oilers 10 times and I'll take like any 10 games mm-hmm. any team beating the Edmonton Oilers in 10 game stretch and it might be Boston twice it might be uh, Columbus once and it might be Vegas a couple of times whatever adds up to 10 but multiple different teams how many times do you think the goaltender that beats the Edmonton Oilers is going to be a star?
1: At Ooh. least nine. Yeah, nine of them. Nine. Maybe or 10. ten. It's probably ten. That's
0: that's what it's going to take to beat a team like the Edmonton Oilers with with those talented players. Your goaltender is going to have to be a huge influence on that result. Last night, maybe more than than bruce cassidy would like uh because of some of the saves and uh and some of the uh uh battles and and uh and being able to uh stand tall and and come up with uh with a, a move that uh, that denies the edmonton oilers more of an influence than than you would prefer but i, I think that's the, the reality of facing the edmonton oilers if you beat them your goaltender is going to have to be one of the three best players on the ice in any game against the Edmonton Oilers.
1: Yeah, I, I don't disagree, and you know I, I thought Edmonton played really well last night. I, I was impressed by the Oilers, not just in terms of their offensive game, but I, I thought they did some really good things defensively as well. They made it really hard on the Vegas Golden Knights, and you know Aiden Hill has shown that propensity early so far this season when he is healthy and in in the groove and playing on a nightly basis. He has the opportunity and the potential to be a number one star or a number two star, three star, whatever it is, every single night he plays. He's been that good.
0: A couple of individual notes uh, on the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. I thought Mark Stone was really good uh, last night. Uh, takeaways, uh, creating chances, uh, Mark Stone was uh, a guy that answered the moment mm-hmm. uh, for for the Vegas Golden. Didn't get the payoff, uh, but he was he was right there as uh, as an influential part. Uh, Chandler Stevenson mm-hmm. had himself a really good night. Uh, uh, Nick Waugh uh, again involved. Uh, it, it was. Um, uh, an acknowledgement uh, by Bruce Cassidy keeping him in uh, with Barbashev and and Jonathan Marchessault and uh, and sure Nick gets the goal which was great and the rebound and right in front of the net and uh, and, and just a wonderful play by by him but uh, again uh, Nick Waugh making the right plays uh, at the right time uh, I thought that uh, that he played uh, a nice responsible game and and you saw uh, as that game went on the influence of, of William Carlson being back in the fold uh, as that center iceman now he, he went against uh, McDavid's line a lot uh, mm-hmm. as uh, more than anybody else uh, on the goal it wasn't a, a hard matchup but it was definitely the preferred matchup uh, by Bruce Cassidy to to play Amadio Romberg and Carlson uh, against uh, Connor McDavid uh, and Zach Hyman and Ryan Nugent Hopkins last night and as that game just continued uh, the the value of having William Carlson back for that game really showed its teeth
1: yeah I mean William Carlson was phenomenal in the postseason last year matching up against Connor McDavid and he was excellent last night which gives you just an idea of how big of an engine William Carlson has to have not played hockey for five weeks to step into his first game um, back in a long time and have to go against Connor mcdavid as much as he did last night it just shows you what type of physical specimen he is and then give credit obviously to, to jonas romberg and michael amadio right like they had to kind of take on that ownership as well with william carlson and i thought both Rombierg and amadio did really well in, in kind of keeping Connor at bay and you know five on five end of the night mcdavid no points in that situation and that is a testament to to that line and william carlson and his work the fallout from snapping
0: the streak and a little bit more on William Carlson's engine as we continue. It's the VGK Insider Show basking in the glow of a come-from-behind victory by the Vegas Golden Knights that stopped Edmonton's streak. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. It's time for the Legal Minute with Sam and Ash on the VGK Insider Show. If you're in a crash, call Sam and Ash, 702 820 1234. Go to samandashlaw.com. Uh, happy to have our friends uh, back with us uh, up and running on the VGK Insider Show. Darren Millard, Studio 31. And uh, over at the broadcast studios at Fox Sports Las Vegas, uh, it's Ryan Wallace and Ashley Watkins. Uh, Ash, what's going on? Not much. How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm doing very good, thanks to you, because everybody knows that, uh, that I was uh, a client in the past, and I'm a client again, unfortunately, mm-hmm. and you guys have taken such good care of me, and uh, I owe you guys uh, uh, a lot of um, credit uh, for taking care of my mind, my soul, and uh, my outlook, so uh, thank you very much uh, for that, and, and congratulations on the uh, new ash Tillyard over at the oh, DLC, that yes. thing is awesome.
2: Yeah, it's really fun. So we've kind of been sponsors and we're part of the Silver Society over at HSK. And then we were just given the opportunity to expand that partnership into the Tilt Yard. And we did our ribbon cutting the other week, a few weeks ago. And I like to say that my scissors are the ones that actually cut the ribbon. (laughs) I want the record to reflect that. Um, But yeah, it's great. We love it over there. We love supporting the organization and the community. So uh, it's always fun.
0: Did you bring your own scissors?
2: No, this is a great story. So they have the ribbon in front of the tillyard signage and they hand us these giant ceremonial scissors. Yes. They are huge and legitimately heavy and mm. actual scissors that we were all very nervous about having or being trusted with. And then I kind of decided I might want to steal them because they're so cool. And they just assured me I could go on Amazon and get my own.
1: So you didn't steal them?
2: I did not. But there's a funny uh, GIF on the internet of me actually like faking like I'm putting them in my yeah. uh, winter coat. I wanted to. I thought about it.
1: Yeah, I I probably would have taken them. Like, I, I, yeah, I, I know. Big prop scissors. Like, but they actually work, right?
2: They were heavy, yeah. heavy, substantial metal blades. I mean, I think it, I think you guys all would have been tempted.
1: Would you let Chapman use them?
2: No. No. <laughs> Can't trust Chapman with them. No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Ash Ash would have to be gone for like 20 years yeah. wow. to even consider Fair. Chapman uh, doing stuff. Uh, did you watch the game last night, uh, snapping that Euler streak?
2: So I did not watch it, but I was following the updates on my phone. And I, so I, I followed the Twitter account. I kept refreshing the feed. And I, that 1-1 one, one for almost like a period and a half mm-hmm. was very stressful. So third period, though. I love it.
0: Uh, Awesome. Uh, You and uh, Sam, such big supporters uh, of the hockey community here in Las Vegas. And uh, we'll get into your expertise uh, now as uh, we like to do and uh, just peruse different storylines that are happening. And one of them, uh, unfortunately is that uh, disappointing uh, situation involving the 2018 Canadian world junior championship team at a gala and uh, five players uh, have been charged with sexual assault uh, and four of them are in the national hockey league. Uh, Just uh, from an NHL standpoint, Uh, They did their own investigation, but aren't coming out with the findings. Uh, Are you surprised that they wouldn't put out the findings uh, as these players go to court, or is that the way it should work?
2: You know, it's usually the way it should work. The NHL doesn't have as much access to the investigation, the victims, the witnesses, the players, the suspects, um, as the authorities do. So usually the NHL will sit back, along with the respective teams, will wait for that investigation to play through. But sometimes, you know, the, the allegations are so significant and there's enough evidence. You know, a lot of times we hear about cases where you then see surveillance footage and yes, there's still allegations and there's still charges, but the evidence out there is is really um doesn't look good and so sometimes then you'll see the nhl or the team step in and and come down with uh, hard penalties before the investigation the criminal investigation finishes and goes that route
0: we're all trying to analyze this thing and uh part of my uh way of thinking was the nhl didn't want to come out with any type of penalty or any type of uh, uh letting the players uh get back on with their careers because they didn't want to influence what was going to go on with the legal proceedings. Is, is Am I on board uh, at all there?
2: Yeah, it's, it's a touchy, touchy subject anymore. You don't want to influence the legal proceedings. You don't want to influence the investigation, but you also have to be delicate and an understanding of the actual allegations being made. So you have to sometimes react a little early.
1: Does it kind of feel like in this sense the the legal process is going to be something that's that's worked out hopefully sooner than later and then at that point disciplinary action falls on the on the NHL beyond what happens in the courts
2: yeah so you're going to i Look, it's already been, what, over a year since this thing was settled civilly with Hockey Canada. And so now uh, you're going to see a a thorough criminal investigation and a final finding whether they actually prosecute these players or not. I anticipate the authorities are going to come out with a decision and a, a final decision one way or another. And then you'll see the NHL and the team start stepping in and making their decisions on how to punish these players or not.
0: What about the players ability to play in the national hockey league as this works its way through the courts there's not going to be an immediate uh, trial Uh, so the season will go on next year before they go before the the judge and jury
2: yeah, so if the NHL and the respective teams haven't levied any punishments against them, they will be able to go along with their careers as is. I mean, sure, there might be hearings or things that they have to uh, have to attend, and so they might miss a practice or a game, but otherwise, they should be able to play.
1: The the four players that mm-hmm. you know have taken a leave of absence from their yeah. National Hockey League teams, to, to my knowledge, they're unrestricted free agents at the end of the year. Yeah, so from I guess the question that I have then is from a team that would potentially be looking at either signing them or re-signing them, whatever the case may be, is there due diligence that needs to be done at the club level?
2: Oh, absolutely. You'd think about it. There's so much risk and unknown. You'd want to be very certain before you take on that player what has come out on the investigation, what you think the likely outcome is, because you don't want to sign them and then be stuck holding that player throughout a further delay or suspension or even ultimately a termination of contracts
0: it's uh that might be the the most delicate situation is uh, yeah. a player uh, hasn't uh, been found guilty uh, at this point and uh, it, the first investigation didn't bring charges this one has uh, and trying to navigate that uh, uh, i just wonder are you leaving yourself open if none of these players are signed are you leaving yourself open for any type of uh suit if they're found not guilty going forward.
2: No, I mean, look at look at the other players along other professional sports leagues. You know, you have Trevor Bauer of the Dodgers. You had a kicker for the Buffalo Bills yeah. that as soon as allegations were made, their teams put them on suspension and then eventually released them from their contracts. And then those charges and accusations didn't pan out. And now... They're out of a job and trying to work their way back into the professional sports leagues of their dreams. So um, they do have appellate rights within the NHL. So if the NHL comes down and suspends them or does something like that, they can appeal that decision. But there's no civil suit.
0: So there's no recourse for Trevor Bauer.
2: I, look, I against the woman would be what it is. He would have yeah. to sue her for defamation of character and all the damages that she's caused to his career. But he's lost how many millions of dollars yeah. in current past wages and future wages that he's not going to be able to collect from that woman.
0: You just wanted to get it right, right? You do, uh, It's yeah. an awful situation, uh, the stories coming out of this uh, gala in the 2018. It's uh, just uh, frustrating that we'd even... Uh, come to this uh, that that type of behavior even exists. So uh, hopefully it's examined and uh, those that were involved uh, are held responsible and those that weren't uh, are able to clear their names. Uh, how's, how's Rocky doing? Because I haven't had an up- update on Rocky in a long time.
2: You know, Rocky, he's doing great today because there wasn't any rain. The mm. last couple days were rough. You know, My little dachshund, he does not like the rain. He basically boycotts walking outside without a... 10-foot golf umbrella over him at all times. <laughs> I think it's, like, basically what the queen demands. But uh, he's great. He's always at the office, so come by, visit, say hi.
0: Booties? Does, does uh, he does you? not do, nope.
2: the, he doesn't do the shoes. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, there's a funny video somewhere online of me when I first moved to Vegas realizing, oh, I need to either carry this dog or put little shoes on his feet. <laughs> and so I opted for shoes on the feet, and he opted for being carried. So... Um, that's how that played out. And I've been carrying him ever since through the summer months.
1: Uh, what's Darren Millard like as a client?
2: He's great. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I, have zero complaints. (laughs) Yeah, no, Darren's great. We're just thankful that he trusted us and, uh, and we're happy to get, get him through this. It's tough.
0: I'm not sure that, uh, that I need to be on a bike again. Uh, but but so uh, the last on, on a serious note, like uh, the the most recent uh, situation that I had, uh, a lady pulled out in front of me, mm-hmm. and and she like vanished. Uh, like uh, we got her information and stuff, and I would have no recourse without Sam and Ash mm-hmm. uh, being able to take care of some of my uh, medical uh, bills and and being able to to uh, not be out of pocket with this. So uh, it it's it's a really important and the the emotional support uh i'm not too much of a macho guy uh, to say that that hasn't meant uh, a whole bunch uh as i was struggling and going through the different emotions and being upset and sour and mad and and angry and uh and that uh, has been just as much of a uh, a boost to me as as Just the the financial side of it and being able to uh, recoup uh, some of my costs. So you guys are awesome. You and Sam are are amazing, and everybody around the office uh, keeping up to date. And uh, If anybody wants to get a hold of you, if you're in an accident right now, if you're in a crash, call Sam and Ash. How do they get a hold of you? Ash?
2: Oh, this is the – you guys put me on the spot with the number, (laughs) (laughs) 702-820-1234 or samandashlaw.com.
0: Awesome stuff, uh, and uh, we can't uh, tell you how excited we are to be back uh, with you guys every week on the VGK Insider Show. Be safe, and tell Rocky the rain should be gone. I, I mean, in a couple of days we should be out of it, and I, then we I should will. be back to the good old uh, Vegas living. Are you going to <laughs> Super Bowl, by the way?
2: Am I going? No, I, I one. I, no one's invited me yet, hmm. and so and I'm not willing to fork down that kind of money for those yeah. tickets. They're it's expensive. Do you have a pick? No one. Okay. The halftime commercials. Okay. That's where I'm rooting. I'm going, though. <laughs> that. If I could root for a, a tie, I would.
0: <laughs> Any celebrities in town that you'd like to run into?
2: Ooh, I guess Taylor Swift. She's like the popular yeah. one right you now. Know. I mean, come on. I sh- I'm not a huge Swifty, but if I'm going to run into someone, her stock on the pop charts is really high right now. If so. you're
1: going to meet a celebrity this yeah. weekend, it, it's Taylor Swift.
2: Yeah, okay. that's what I'm, I'm hoping for. I'm
0: with you. Yeah. I'm proud of myself. I, like, I was a Swiftie from day one, like, when she was like <laughs> wow. 15 putting out those songs. And I like, uh, it's, uh, it's marvelous what she's been able to do. What a representative uh, for uh, this generation to be able to uh, hold her head uh, high and be able to influence people and guide people the right way. Uh, thanks, Ash. And uh, be safe, okay?
2: Yeah, likewise, guys. It's great to be back.
0: The best. There's Sam and Ash, uh, Ashley Watkins. Uh, if you're in a crash, uh, give them a call 702 820 1234 or go to salmonashlaw.com. I did. Go on. Be like me. They'll take care of you. The VGK Insider Show continues after this.
1: This has been the Legal Minute with Sam and Ash on the VGK Insider Show. Brought to you by Sam and Ash. Visit them at salmonash.com
0: because you deserve what's right. That celebration of the empty net goal was uh, uh, really fun to watch as the players gathered around because it was all about William Carlson uh, coming back to the lineup and contributing so much uh, from an effort level from a defensive side of it and then be rewarded with being able to put that game away. And uh, And the jumping around in the celebration was uh, just, uh, just a little cherry on top of uh, being able to beat your rival last night.
1: Oh, absolutely. It was it was awesome. And, you know, the the six-on-five goal was a really nice one. You had four passes in a row and a beautiful move from William Carlson to get the empty netter. Like, just chef's kiss type stuff.
0: It wasn't like a pull and drag. He, like, cut the puck in a, in a different way. Mm-hmm. It was a really cool deke. That he served up to make that puck uh, uh, dance around and uh, give him the opportunity to put the the puck in the net, and and that was after he got robbed on an empty net attempt uh, just seconds earlier.
1: No, it, it it absolutely was. It was a great uh, great ending there for William Carlson.
0: Got some tickets to give away to see the Golden Knights against the Carolina Hurricanes and one timers. News and notes from around the National Hockey League. Up next on Fox Sports Las Vegas.